0: Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is a special report. Today, some news broke in the mainstream media of a remarkable scientific discovery. As soon as I saw this, I wanted to jump on here and give you some of my thoughts about this. Here is the article headline, the moon has a tail that sends beams Across Earth, researchers say. Now, before I explain what we're talking about, when we say the moon is shooting a beam, so to speak, toward Earth. They have a fantastic picture of this and all kinds of great imaging. And this is exciting because this is one more example of just how connected everything in the universe really is. You know, people have been studying the moon, of course, since the dawn of time, the dawn of our civilizations. We have had at least 12 people walk on the moon, and yet it, it took us this long. We're just now discovering there's a giant beam of energy that is invisible to the naked eye that has been there all along, and we can only see it now because of some special Highly sensitive cameras. And you see, this is, this is important because when people talk about something paranormal, boom, it happens and then it's gone. And they say, where did that come from? That's because they only get to see the end result. There are bigger patterns, though, big cosmic and global patterns of energy flows that are happening all around us. And we just don't have the proper technology to see them all yet or enough data to figure out what the patterns are. But eventually, when we we get these patterns nailed and we start seeing these connections, we'll be able to predict where these paranormal things are going to occur, and that is when the paranormal will slip into normal. Back to the story. And you can read this in various media. This particular version is from foxnews.com. Once again, the moon has a tail that sends beams across Earth. The tail made of sodium particles is not visible to the naked eye. The fact that it's made of sodium is very interesting. I'll explain why in a minute. So here is what the story says in the media. The moon has a comet-like tail made of millions of sodium atoms, researchers reported this week. While the lunar surface is hit by solar wind, UV photons... And meteorites, atoms liberated by the impact are pushed by light pressure into a quote long comet like tail end quote opposite the sun. And this is according to a study published Wednesday in the Journal of Geophysical Research Planets. By the way, uh, well, let me just keep reading this. All right, so it says, quote, Near new moon, these atoms encounter the Earth's gravity and are focused into a beam of enhanced density, end quote. The Boston University astrophysicists wrote in their abstract, When the new moon shifts between the Earth and the sun, the downflowing structure's beam shoots around Earth's atmosphere and goes out into space. And again, you've got to see some of these pictures. If you go to my Twitter account, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, I have posted a picture of this. This is, this is a significant beam. This is not some little tiny pinpoint. This is a huge beam that's shooting from the moon right, I mean, all around Earth. And uh, it says, although the tail is invisible to the naked eye, sunlight reflected from the moon's surface is perhaps a million times brighter, which is why. So, again, it says, although the tail is invisible to the naked eye, it can be viewed using sensitive cameras equipped with filters. And it says, while ground-based spectrographs detected sodium atoms in the moon's thin atmosphere in 1998... Data gathered from the El Leoncito Observatory's All-sky imager revealed details about changes to the shape and the brightness. It says for example, the spot is brighter when the new moon occurs at the point of orbit at which it is closest to Earth. And when the new moon is north of the ecliptic path, and approximately five hours after the new moon. So you get what they're saying, okay? It's like the more aligned, because because when you, you get a, a new moon, when obviously, okay, the moon is going around the Earth, and the Earth and the moon are going around the sun, and there are times when everything sort of lines up, and so when you look up in the sky, the moon is directly between you and the sun. And that is when you have what we call a new moon. It looks dark up there. That is the peak time when the moon, The if you're on earth and you're looking up at that black sky, which is really just the dark side of the moon. The other side of the moon is being blasted by the sun and uh, God knows what else, but especially the sun. And it's just, it's, shooting this beam back that is focused on the earth and so if you just imagine you know two balls and one is shooting a beam at the other the the point of the two balls that is closest together is going to have the most condensed uh, part of the beam It goes on to say dr luke moore a senior research scientist at boston university and the study's co-author told Fox News on Saturday that Boston University's Imaging Science Lab maintains a global network of similar cameras that was crucial to the study. He said, quote, This uh, network turned out to be ideal for studying the sodium moon spots or the lunar sodium tail that can be seen near the new moon. Uh, they're constantly operating, however. Uh, he said, it is possible to see the lunar tell from multiple observatories simultaneously. After long term study, researchers found a correlation between the brightness of the spot there and the rate at which meteors are hitting the planet, controlling the spot's brightness and flicker. Are you getting that? So, this is not a steady thing. You can always count on the fact that you're going to have a beam hitting the Earth. Where especially well, you know at all times, but especially during a new moon, but when it's in that heightened state, it's also still somewhat erratic. you know you you have unpredictability within that because, like they say, this beam kind of flickers based upon how much junk is hitting the moon at the time, and you know what's going on with the moon, how dynamic is the moon? So it says, while annual meteor showers can coincide with a brighter stream, impacts by sporadic meteors are more closely related to its brightness, potentially due to the amount of energy they produce. Now, I know at this point, that's the whole mainstream article. You probably have the idea. And if you look at this picture, um, it basically... (laughs) It looks like a picture of a comet. Like, if you, if I said, what is this? And I just showed you this picture, you'd say, that's a comet. But imagine if the bright end of the comet is the moon, and then about midway back into the tail is the Earth. You know, the Earth is absolutely, you know, Absorbed by this big, long, linear tail that's streaking back, so it's not really a comet, but it just kind of looks like that to help you visualize it. You really do have to go if, if you, even if you're not if you're not a Twitter person and, and that freaks you out a little bit or whatever, go to JoshuaPWarren.com. There's a little window on the front of my homepage that has my Twitter feed, and you can just go there and you can just scroll through my tweets, and you'll see. Uh, this image, and a lot of other interesting stuff that you may have missed. But just to get as, as specific as possible before I continue with why I think this is so special, uh, let's go right to the source. So I, I, I went straight to um, the actual scientific journal, uh, JGR Planets. Uh, the article is called Long-Term Observations and Physical Processes in the Moon's Extended Sodium Tail." they list all the scientists here who worked on this and there is a lot of technical language here but fortunately there is a section here called plain language summary and that's for people like us so here is what it says it's one paragraph and so i'll read that one paragraph it may be a little redundant but hey let's get this as, this information as precise as possible it says Once a month, at the time of the new moon, a small, diffuse spot of light appears in the sky opposite the sun. The spot is about five times the diameter of the full moon and is 50 times fainter than can be seen with the unaided eye. The spot is reflected light from millions of sodium atoms that two days earlier were on the surface of the moon these atoms were liberated from the moon's surface by meteoroid impacts uh you know it's interesting in the article they said meteorid but i guess that was a typo i thought maybe there's something called a meteorid but they're calling it a meteoroid here okay surface by meteoroid impacts the solar wind and photons Once free of the lunar surface, the atoms are pushed by light pressure into a long comet-like tail. When this very diffuse cloud of sodium atoms encounters the Earth's gravity, it is, quote, focused into a region of enhanced density, becoming visible to sensitive cameras equipped with filters tuned to the orange light emitted by sodium near 589.3 nanometers. All sky imager data were analyzed to see how the brightness of this spot varies over time, with the goal of finding a correlation with one or more of the above mentioned source processes. A correlation was found between the brightness of the sodium spot and the meteor rate observed at Earth using meteor radar data. Okay, got it? Now, let's talk about sodium fine there is we know there is this big beam of of sodium that's shooting at the earth all the time and is more pronounced at the new moon um sodium of course is a really really interesting thing it is a soft silvery white metal it is essential for human life as well um as a matter of fact, it says here, in nerve cells, the electrical charge across the cell membrane enables the transmission of the nerve impulses. Sodium plays a key role in that activity. It does a lot of stuff for us. But it is, it is conducting the electrical signal that is essential for our nerves to work properly. And if you, if you ever experiment with electricity, you know that salt water is very, very conductive. So for example, if you take a glass of water and let's say you put a battery on one side and you put the wires in the water, or let's say you put a wire and then on the other side, you have a light bulb and you hook a wire from the light bulb into the water it might not light up the water might not be conductive enough depending on the amount of voltage you've got etc but you pour a little salt in there boom it lights right up and that's why you've heard me probably over the years talk about capacitors these devices that store up electrical potential over time until there's a big discharge you make those things frequently using salt water salt water is is a great conductor of electricity so what is earth surrounded by earth is surrounded by an atmosphere and what is that atmosphere in large part it's just water it's a layer of water in different phases that's why we have weather you know water goes up and water comes down That's most of the action happening in the Earth's atmosphere. So we have this big layer of water and there are certain spots on planet Earth at certain times where suddenly the water that's in the atmosphere is getting this giant focused injection of salt, which is obviously going to make the atmosphere at that point more electrically conductive. And time and time again, we see that when people report paranormal phenomena, there are electromagnetic anomalies. We get weird electrostatic charges. You hear this all the time. So, if there is a connection between the amount of electrodynamic activity in in an environment and something paranormal happening, maybe... There is more ghostly activity at some of these times, at at these places. Um, Maybe people have more just mental experiences, more psychic experiences. Maybe this is something that UFOs either take advantage of or have to take into consideration as they navigate with their technology. Um, Maybe this plays a role in the connection or the 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 closeness between what we call this normal dimension that we live in and other dimensions that are sort of fluctuating in and out almost like the flicker of that beam and one reason this is quite eye-opening is that traditionally people always talk about ooh the full moon that's when the spooky stuff happens. That's when people start going bonkers and the werewolves come out the full moon. And yes, there's definitely something to the full moon. But maybe we've been taking the new moon for granted a little bit. Now, I know those of you who practice magic are like, oh, no, that's a very important time. You, you start at the new moon when you're going to create some kind of new ritual or ceremony or you're, you're going to plant something. You start at the new moon and watch it grow as the moon you know, blossoms and becomes full. So people who do that kind of stuff, you know already that the new moon is an interesting and, and powerful time. But for those who are just out there looking to document paranormal phenomena, um, usually if you go somewhere on the new moon, you're going there because you say, well, I want to just enhance my ability to see things. So for example, if you go to somewhere like Brown Mountain where the Brown Mountain lights are observed, in western north carolina it would make sense to say well let's plan our trip when there's a new moon so it'll be nice and dark and the lights show up better and that's a very valid point but it may be more than just that it may be that the lights are actually going to show up even more because there's more electrical potential in the air given this additional injection of sodium and you could, you could begin applying this in so many different kinds of ways. So here's what I want you to do. Um, if you have had some kind of a mind-blowing paranormal experience, the kind of thing like you remember the day and the time, I would like for you to go back and see if it happened to be near the time of the new moon. Now, these these scientists are telling us that this sodium beam is hitting us, you know, all the time pretty much, but that's when you're going to get most of it. That's when the atmosphere should be saltier than ever. Uh, See if it happened on or very close to a new moon. And from here on, I want you to also be very mindful of when there's going to be a new moon. If you are an investigator or a researcher or some uh, somebody who you know is dealing with manifestation, magical thinking, all that stuff, um, I want you to sort of pay attention to the new moon, and uh, and kind of keep me posted on it. You know, you can always email me. You know, I get so many emails I can't reply to everyone. I do. If I did that, I'd be, do nothing but sit around and <laughs> reply to emails. I couldn't get anything done, but I do read them all. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and scroll down there on the homepage, you'll find my email address. But I think this is very exciting because, once again, this is just another example of something that has always been there that shows an even more direct relationship and direct connection between ourselves and the moon, and yet we just couldn't see it until now. And you know how it goes, seeing is believing. People have to see stuff to believe it. Well, there you go. Now we can see that. But what else is out there connecting everything together that we can't see, that we might not be able to see for another thousand years or beyond, right? That's why it's so interesting when we get the opportunity to see a new connection, a new piece of monumental, global, cosmic data that we can now incorporate into our quest to find patterns and correlations that might help us explain some of these mysteries solve some of these mysteries to help us understand why that certain things sort of spontaneously happen and then vanish and we go where did that come from now you've got more information to take into consideration pretty darn exciting obviously when you're on my website i hope that you will for above all subscribe to my e new uh, my newsletter there it takes you two seconds and uh it's free it's spam free and i i'm working on another new i think i've i didn't intend to do this i hardly ever intend to i think i've invented something new and i might make a little batch of it soon just like 20 or 30 and just put it out there and see if if anybody's even interested if you if you think this is as interesting as i do i've never created anything like this before and uh, so i'll be announcing that only through my e-newsletter and if you if you're not a subscriber well if you go there and subscribe you get some free instant digital gifts and make sure even if you have been a subscriber for years doesn't matter add the email address from the newsletter to your contacts and that way you can make sure that when I email you stuff experiment data etc it doesn't just end up in your spam folder so that's that's really important Um, the curiosity shop is we're getting low on some supplies there so if you're interested in anything in the curiosity shop better check that out one last thing I'll tell you before I jump off here that I think you'll find a, a fun thing to do and also something that may be valuable if you're a researcher. Uh, You know, one of my great friends is Mr. Vance Pollack. I call him Sherlock Pollock because he is a a sleuth of every kind, but he is especially adept at at finding things on the internet. He's just just a great researcher and historian, and uh, you've probably heard me uh, interview him in in the past, and I'll be interviewing him again soon. But um, Vance has started up this free group on facebook so this is only if you're a facebook person and it is called where is that and basically what you do and, and this is i believe for now only in the u.s where is that u.s edition you join this group anybody can join it and you post a picture of a location in the united states and it could be that location right now or it could be at any point in history. And everybody tries to figure out where it is. Now, if you do it for fun, it could just be a challenge like, okay, this is going to be so obscure, nobody's going to get it. And and you can play that game. Or if you're a researcher and you have some really interesting picture, but you don't know where it came from, well, then you can really use this uh, giant population of people that are signing up for this thing and uh, and see how quickly somebody can help you find where that picture was taken. And again, at any point in history, it's really cool. And everybody's loving it. Um, so to get there, you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash. Where is that? Uh, you might just be able to go to Facebook and do a search for where is that. I don't know the, uh, what all will come up, but also you, it might help if you type in Vance's name, Vance, V-A-N-C-E Pollock, P-O-L-L-O-C-K. But facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash where is that. And um, he would love to have you participate. And you know what? Even if you don't participate, it's pretty cool just to look at some of these pictures that people are posting. And then... um to sort of, you know, figure out what the story was behind this picture. You learn a lot. I mean, if you're kind of bored, uh, this will give you something really interesting to do and it will start leading you down rabbit holes. You know how that goes. But anyway, that's it for today. Uh, I will continue to keep you updated through uh, special reports, but it's also, of course, important for you to listen to my weekly show called Strange Things. The one I just posted is a special edition. It was my 20th show, and that was one where I decided to take my podcasting equipment into the field and do a paranormal investigation at one of the most haunted places in the country, the old Pioneer Saloon in Good Springs, Nevada. And the story behind that place is, I'm telling you, it's straight out of the movies. Literally, it's straight out of the movies. And so if you listen to that one, you will feel like that you are with me on an investigation. And uh, it's its a different one. Uh, you'll learn some things that even if you think you know the location, you'll learn some things. Trust me. So go to strangethingsshow.com, strangethingsshow.com. You'll find a bunch of links there where you can access my show, Strange Things. And uh, you'll also find a list there that describes each one of the episodes in my words uh, to help you out if you're looking for a particular subject that I've talked about in the past. Okay, my friends, I hope you have enjoyed this special report. I hope that you are as excited as I am about this new scientific discovery. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious. Thank you for your interest and support. And I will talk to you again soon.